In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This past weekend, the liturgical calendar marked the memorial of the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. St. John was imprisoned for denouncing the marriage of Herod the king, who had taken his brother's wife as his own. And as you may recall, the gospel recounts for us the story of Herod's daughter-in-law performing a dance at a banquet, which prompted Herod to promise her anything she asked. She demanded the head of John the Baptist. St. Mark tells us that this request disturbed Herod. He knew that the execution of John was wrong. Nevertheless, Herod acquiesced because of the crowd. He didn't want them to see him as weak or as a man who doesn't follow through on his oaths. So Herod ordered the death of John. As I reflected Tuesday in my homily, Herod was a man without principles. He was a mediocre man, and his mediocrity has been modeled by countless numbers through the centuries who allowed the pressure of social status or or other fears to sway them from choosing the good. In schools, we even have a term for it now. We call it peer pressure. St. John comes forward as the antithesis to Herod's weakness. John was so emboldened by a commitment to the good that even death couldn't fear him. Herod was imprisoned. He was imprisoned by fear of people's thoughts. While John, who sat in the physical prison of Herod's palace, was a free man, free before God and others. He was free to follow his own conscience without fear. In our readings this morning, the prophet Jeremiah is a figure in the same mold as St. John the Baptist. Jeremiah was perhaps the most rejected of the Lord's prophets. Tradition has it that Jeremiah was murdered by the very people he was sent to convert. He was subjected to so many tortures, called a madman, yet in a near poetic way this morning, Jeremiah will speak to the Lord from the heart. You duped me, O Lord, he says, and I let myself be duped. You were too strong for me, and you triumphed. Whenever I speak, I must cry out. It becomes like a fire burning in my heart. Jeremiah, like many faithful Christians, felt the pressure and fear of following the Lord's will. God had given him a mission which constantly put him at odds with the culture of his day. We could say it even embarrassed him at times. Jeremiah writes, I say to myself, I will not mention God. I will speak in his name no more. Many of us can likely sympathize with this inner battle. Even as a priest, there are times when I can be in public, at the grocery store, at the gas station, and wish that people just didn't notice my collar. In a place like Natchez, it really doesn't matter if I have a collar on because everyone already knows who I am. Sometimes there is a temptation on my part to hope that no one will notice or no one will speak to me, that they will just let me have a normal day. But this temptation, and that of Jeremiah and that of John, is tamed by a more powerful force, by love. The psalmist declares today, My soul is thirsting for you, O Lord my God. A soul which has fallen in love with God, which has committed in mind and heart to the will of God, is strengthened against these temptations to be afraid. Do not conform yourselves to this age, writes St. Paul, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
Now, all of us, simply because we were born in America and simply because we live in the 21st century, all of us have been conditioned with a heart that seeks comfort. Everything around us is geared towards that, towards comfort, pleasure, a burst of dopamine, social media, the party culture, especially in Natchez, the over-sexualization of the television and the internet. All of it is driven toward this hedonistic principle of seeking pleasure and comfort over everything. When put in opposition to these short bursts of pleasure, the law of God is conditioned in our mind to be seen as holding us back from really living. We are imprisoned within our culture, imprisoned by fear of what our friends and neighbors were going to say about us, by a fear of missing out. Especially for young people today, there's an immense tendency to delay making any decision in life, even something as simple as where to go to eat for dinner all out of a fear of missing out on a more fun opportunity that night or whenever it is. And this constant cycle of seeking pleasure after pleasure wears us down and tramps us in a sort of addiction where nothing is ever enough. It's the reason that more and more marriages suffer, why fewer people, have life, uh, fewer people are not having lifelong careers. We are conformed to an age of change and excitement and avoid anything which requires real effort, even if what is to be gained is greater than what we have. Christ the Lord commands the apostles in today's gospel to reject that way of living and to instead embrace the cross. Peter steps forward in our name and he speaks in our voice from the heart, God forbid, Lord, he says. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are an obstacle to me. You are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. He continues, what profit would there be for one to gain the whole world and forfeit his life? Let that sink in. What really is there to be gained if we can garner the esteem of all of those around us and yet we can't really live? So we sacrificed all our time to go to the events where we will be seen. We avoided the people who were really our friends so that we could be seen with more important people. We sacrificed the things that were important to us our time, our hobbies, our family, the Lord Jesus. Sacrifice them so that we could have a few hours of enjoyment at a game, a party, with a drink. And then what? What is left of us except a shell of who we really are, emptied of everything that is truly meaningful so that we could look the part? The request of the girl disturbed Herod. But because of his oath and of the crowd, he gave him. Pontius Pilate knew that Christ was innocent, but because of fear of losing power and the crowd, he handed over the Lord of glory. And we know that most of the time the cross doesn't come to us in great matters. No, more often it's a fear of praying in a restaurant, especially in front of guests who aren't Catholic. More often, it's a decision to not set our alarm and miss Sunday Mass because we stayed out later, because our family is visiting and we just want to be with them. The cross does come in great matters, but it is the carrying of the cross in small things that say who we truly are. A man who cannot conquer a snooze button on Sunday morning isn't capable of any great matter. In the words of St. Dominic, a man who governs his passions is master of the world. He either rules them or is ruled by them. Our calling as faithful Christians is to reject the mediocre existence that our culture offers, to be men and women of principles, of character, 
to be men and women in love with God. And Jeremiah did not find that easy. Peter failed over and over again. But what made both of them great is that in the final analysis, when it really mattered, their hearts were set only on Jesus Christ, on the only lasting happiness anything in life can give. It's not the esteem of others that makes us great. Herod was not a great man. He was a weak man, a king who was ruled by the mere glances of his subjects. No man is free who is not master of himself. Real freedom, real greatness is only found in Jesus Christ. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.